Hello and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. I'm Natalie Britt and this week we're taking a break from the Emotions and Feelings mini-series to talk about something else. In terms of the three goals of this podcast, feeling in control, being able to weather the tough stuff and being great role models for our kids, this week's episode is more in line with being great role models for our kids. And it feels pertinent to me to record this because of some things that are going on in my life and in this house right now. Something I've been struggling with quite a lot lately is feeling a bit of a fraud. I've been recording the Emotions and Feelings mini-series and sharing all these things about feeling in control and being able to manage your emotions and helping yourself feel better. But over the last couple of weeks, I have been progressively feeling worse. To the point where yesterday I could barely have a conversation. I haven't been sleeping, I've been eating really badly, and the voices of self-judgment right now have been playing almost continuously in my head. It hasn't felt good, and I haven't felt fully in control. And the stuff I've shared with you in the Emotions and Feelings series has helped, but it's only helped to keep me from going all the way into the black hole that I can sense encroaching. The experience actually reminded me of something from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Just after Harry, Ron and Hermione get past the three-headed dog, Fluffy, and get through the trap door, the second level of defense is something called Devil's Snare. As soon as you touch Devil's Snare, it has these vines that kind of bind and entwine around you and basically constrict and strangle you. But the problem is, the more you fight, the harder they bind. Of course, Hermione knows that, so she knows to relax and she falls through the tree quite quickly to get to the next level and closer to the Philosopher's Stone, while Ron is fighting so hard that he almost dies in the snare. And over the last few weeks, I have been a bit like Ron, doing everything I could to fight harder and yet somehow ending up in a worse position. And I think that's the problem with so many of our experiences, is that We always think we have to do more, try harder, be better, feel positive, be upbeat. And when we're not doing those things, somehow there's something wrong with us. Fortunately, the devil's snare analogy has helped me before and it helped me this time as well. Something I repeatedly learn the hard way is that there comes a point where fighting harder and doing more is the wrong strategy. Unfortunately, literally every single time this happens, I first have to go through the fighting harder and struggling more before it finally dawns on me that this is a moment to let go. But yesterday that moment came where I thought, okay, the pattern is emerging. It feels worse each day. It's time. Time to break the pattern and let something else in. The funny thing is, it's been leading up to this point for days and I've known on a conscious level for days that what I needed to do was just Take some time away from all the striving, take a break, break the pattern, and let something else in. But I couldn't quiet my mind even when I did take a break. You could be using this time. You're supposed to be writing the book. Other people have written their books already. Colleagues are writing their books right now. They're probably going to publish. You've been at this for two years. You've done nothing. You've got 14 drafts of nothing. What about all the goals you set at the beginning of the year? What's going to happen with those? Are they going to fall by the wayside as well? While you sit here, what, relaxing? Sure, call it mental health, but what it really is, is laziness and the fact that you can't actually do it. And that's what the problem is. So yeah, that didn't break the pattern either. I'm not sure why the darkness always has to reach that point before I eventually will properly step back, 
But for now, I choose to focus on the fact that I do step back eventually, and I have stepped back today. As part of that, I did one of my favorite practices. I've spoken about this before in the episode titled Source Material for Better Feeling Thoughts. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, there is a link in the show notes page, and there's also a link to it in the actual podcast description itself. The basic gist is, go in search of inspiration. Today, I found it in a documentary series titled Transcendence. It's on an app called Gaia. Again, I've included links in the show notes and the podcast description, and those are not affiliate links. It's just something that I like because I like it. The episode was all about beliefs we hold as a result of things we pick up in childhood, mainly focused on not enoughness or versions of that, which we've spoken about before, and basically looking at how those beliefs come to be and how they shape our behavior. As part of it, there was a lady called Shelley Lefko who was interviewed within the documentary, and the way she explained that feeling of not being enough was really perfect. So to take you along with it, what you need to do is make a fist with one hand, sort of as if you were doing rock in rock, paper, scissors. Then with the other hand, do paper, so it's flat, and push the rock down. And what she explained was the hand that looks like rock that is like a ball you're trying to push under the water. That's the not enoughness. And the flat hand is all the stuff you do to push the ball under the water, basically to keep it away, to keep it out of sight. The achievements that you go after, the money you make, the houses you buy, the cars, even things like people pleasing or kind of being good, whatever that means to you. Basically any behavior we engage in to push that not enough feeling back below the surface. And so when it's working, that not enough feeling goes below the surface and we feel okay. But then it pushes up again and we have to do more to push it back down. And then it pushes up again and we have to do more to push it back down. And that idea really resonated with me. The idea that how I feel about myself is largely determined by what I'm achieving and whether or not I feel I'm meeting the requirements of what it takes to be enough, to be worthy. I've encountered information like this before, but for whatever reason, this time it started me thinking about the beliefs we each hold about what enough means. What do you have to do? Who do you have to be? How do you have to behave? What's important? What do you have to have in order to keep the ball below the surface? And this episode got me thinking about how those beliefs are created and how they shape our thoughts and behavior throughout our lives. And the image that came to me was railway tracks, that in childhood we have experiences and we draw conclusions from those experiences about what's important and how we're supposed to be in the world. And those conclusions become the tracks we lay down in our minds upon which our beliefs and our thoughts run. And so I have this theory that part of our adult development is actually the process of ripping up some of the tracks that we laid due to faulty conclusions we've made about experiences we've had in childhood. You know, the conclusions like, whenever I do my homework, my mom shouts at me, so I must be stupid. And then to keep that ball under the water, the child has to do everything he can to hide the stupid and instead to present as clever. So he feels good when he gets praised for doing something right. He feels good when he gets good marks on a test. But anytime there's a mistake or something goes wrong, that ball resurfaces and he has to do more to push it back down again. But if we look at the situation that originally led to the conclusions, it's highly unlikely that that was ever the conclusion that the parent would have wanted him to draw from the situation. 
And in fact, the shouting was a lot more about the parents' desire to help and frustration with the lack of being able to do so. Nevertheless, the tracks got laid and neither one was even aware it was happening. I've thought so much about this since becoming a parent because one of the key things that's really important to me is raising children who are confident and believe in themselves. But as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, it's easier than you would think to contribute to a belief that will ultimately lay a track that later in life is going to have to be ripped up. And you don't need lack of love, abuse or neglect to lay down a faulty track. When it first dawned on me that you can be loving and giving and a great parent and still end up with children who don't believe in themselves or who lack confidence or who have limiting beliefs of some kind, I started thinking, well, hell, this is impossible. But then I started thinking about it from two perspectives. The first is the one that led to all those thought processes I described a few minutes ago. If I don't rip up those tracks, then some of my habits naturally will pass those tracks on to my kids, no matter how much I want to avoid it. And then in adulthood, they will need to rip up the same tracks that I am attempting to rip up right now. So that's the first thing. The best thing we can do for our kids is make an effort to rip up the faulty tracks that we are letting run in our minds so that we don't accidentally lay them for our kids as well. The second is... How do we make kids aware of the tracks in the first place? Because no one really ever spoke to us about that sort of stuff. So in this documentary that I was watching this morning, the examples they showed or talked about in this documentary were all basic everyday things, like the hard time we give our kids when we don't think they've tried hard enough on their homework, the withholding of something they want because they've said or done something that we don't approve of, putting them in time out when they've done something and leaving them there to sit on their own rejected because whatever it was that they did was not okay. Or doing things for them because they're going to make too much mess and we'll have to clean it up, or they're not capable as far as we can tell. If we assume that the experiences our kids have are laying the tracks on which their beliefs will later run, I think we owe it to them to look at the tracks, both ours and theirs, and show them how to look and to figure out how to think about the experiences they have and what that means about them as people. It's quite easy to see how a kid can be sent to his room and come away thinking less of himself. But the truth is we sent him to his room because we didn't know what else to do. And maybe having that conversation after it's happened is a necessary part to ensure that the track doesn't get laid to say, I am bad when I do this. I am a bad person. This feels like a kind of heavy episode, but I think so many of us are struggling with this. I think all of us are carrying a list of rules that we know about or don't know about against which we measure our worthiness. That documentary today made me stand back and question, how did my book or my online course become something that's associated with a measure of my worth? And before it was the book or the course, it was finishing my degree. Before that, it was something else, whether or not I had a boyfriend, whether or not I was thin, you can go back as far as you like and you'll find some sort of rule that was something that had to be done in order to feel worthy. And in every case, I would bend myself into pretzel-shaped knots to achieve whatever that thing was that says, okay, now you're enough. But then it would be something else. Where's the track that says, actually, you're enough. Great if you want to write a book, you're enough either way. 
even as I say it, I feel the doubt. And I wonder if you do too. If you think, well, that just sounds like an excuse to me because you're not actually getting it done and it's probably because you're a bit lazy or maybe you're not actually a very good writer and whether those are the kinds of tracks that run for you. Once we can see the tracks, we start to be able to see how they come to shape the rules in our lives. What are the things we're pushing ourselves towards? What are we willing to give up? What shapes do we bend ourselves into and scratch our heads with? And why do we think it's necessary? Those are the questions I'm asking at the moment, but I want to do it in such a way that I don't end up in more devil's snare. So what I've decided to do is just pay attention to the drivers that make me turn myself into a pretzel and then just spend some time looking for the tracks that they're running on. I'm not looking for traumatic childhood memories or judgy people who said mean things. I'm just looking for the tracks. And what I hope will happen is that I end up with some really useful information that informs me about some of the rules that I may be living by that perhaps I don't need to live by. And from there, I could talk to my kids in age-appropriate ways that allow them to make really good choices about the tracks they end up allowing into their minds. I hope you found that a useful idea. It was kind of a stream of consciousness this week, but it just felt so important to address the fact that we don't need to be or do or have anything to be worthy. We already are, and so are our kids. So we can want what we want, but we don't have to have it in order to be something more. If we do, there's a track there. And I think there's power in finding those tracks, ripping up the faulty ones and laying the kinds of tracks that if we just let our beliefs run on them, they will serve us really well. So we can still go on to do the things we enjoy, to achieve the things we would love to achieve, but not to have to turn ourselves into pretzels or for those achievements to mean something about who we are and what we're worth. Instead, they would simply be things we did with the time we had available to us. That feels to me to be a much more enjoyable way to go through life. If this episode sparks some interesting ideas for you or interesting conversations with your kids, I would love to hear from you and hear a little more about your story. If you'd like to speak in person, go to bighappylife.co.uk and book a discovery call. And you'll also find the show notes on the website as always. For now though, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.